Hi, I'm uh, Viv and I'm the face behind Skin Farmer Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees. And tonight it's the, I think it's the 12th uh, in a series of lives I'm doing, hi Tom, um, I'm doing with Sunny. Sunny, um, who's a doctor and a aesthetics practitioner like myself. And it's to look at our journey in the uh, use of ultrasound in our aesthetics work. Sonny, unfortunately, is on holiday this week and next week, um, but he'll be back the week after. So this week, I will just add the guest on. I'm speaking to a fantastic practitioner called Tom Descartes. Hi, Tom. Fifth, there we are. How are you doing? Amazing, my friend. It's good to see you. We've never met before, but it's, um, it's nice to speak virtually anyway. Yeah, 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 it is. But uh, unfortunately, we have not met yet. Not yet, true. Um, I was over in Amsterdam last month doing some training with Tom Van Eyck. And you didn't call me? I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I should have checked. It was my fault. Apologies for that. Um, Leone ended up with COVID coming back from Incas. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. I think, hopefully were fine returning from Paris. Yeah, yeah, I decided this time not to kiss with Leonie, so uh, <laughs> I didn't have COVID. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure she's going to be laughing right now in Amsterdam with you saying she that. Is, yeah. um, no, but no. it's 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 really kind of you to join me tonight. Um, as I've really, really kind of you. You do some fantastic work, and a lot of people don't realise the importance of your research. And I've been reading it these last few weeks and I've been thinking to myself, you know what? You should be on news programs all over the world talking about the importance of your work in cosmetic treatments for patients all around the world, not just in, in the Netherlands, but your work is relevant to the practice that's carried out all over the world with dermal fillers. So Sonny, unfortunately, as I was just mentioning, he's on holiday over in Asia somewhere. So yeah, it's his just loss. Fifth, yeah, his, his loss. His, his loss. loss. He's back in a couple of weeks, but I thought it'd be nice for us to talk about your work and the relevance of your work to yeah. aesthetics and ultrasound in particular. So I thought um, we'll go through the different things you do, Tom, and. I've got some examples of, of scans that I can use in a little while um, that can be used to demonstrate the importance of your work, your research work in particular. Um, so to begin with, how would you describe the different types of work you do, Tom, in aesthetics um, from your research, your practice, your training? How would you describe it for viewers? Yeah, poof. Um, we, we have at about 30 minutes or something. No, my friend, so in the last couple of sentences, you said a lot of things. Um, yeah. uh, first of all, thank you very much for all your compliments. But the answer, the reason why I'm not speaking yet on global uh, television is what I'm saying, like with my team as whistleblowers, um, yeah. Is it that kind to hear for uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies, for yeah. injectors? So I don't have that many friends, <laughs> um, but I don't care. I yeah. think we are on this world to help other people. And yeah. I have the strength 
the energy and the love to do good. Yeah. And I know that at first everybody became an injector to do good. But somewhere around um, uh, the way, some people get lost in the heaps and heaps of money they can make. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's the reason why I'm not always loved by everybody. <laughs> but when I was, for instance, in the US a couple of years ago, after my lecture, somebody came up to me and he said, uh, uh, Dr. Cates, I advise you not to rent a car and go for a ride. Right. Let it sink in. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we're trying to do, to do good for society and then yeah. uh, this happens, but it's, it's quite easy. So... Um, we saw a lot of adverse events, uh, like every doctor sees adverse events, but in our case at the University Hospital in Rotterdam, together with Leonie Schelke and with uh, Peter Veldhuis, and we saw those adverse events. And we thought, hmm, quite interesting, why do adverse events happen? Yeah. So Leonie, I call her the, the, the queen of ultrasound, and she did the invention and she trained me uh, to use ultrasound that as uh, when an adverse event has happened yeah. to be more um, able, uh, capable and easier dissolve the adverse event. But mm. I, together with also Leonie and Peter, also wanted to go a layer deeper. What happens when a soft tissue filler is injected inside the body? What happens inside the body? And then if an adverse event occurs, what is the reason? And we had three thoughts, three hypotheses. One of them was that there could be a genetic predisposition. Yeah. Second, we thought that maybe bacteria are injected during the initial treatment. And three, that possibly your immune system goes berserk for some reason yeah. we don't know yet. Yeah. And we dived into those three subjects. And that is where my thesis is mainly about. And I have very good news for you and all our viewers and listeners. We only just begun. <laughs> so we did a, a very small top layer, but now I'm diving into the deep. And the reason why I'm having all these live Instagram meetings and bloody fucking blah... I want people all around the world to also uh, be enthusiastic about science. Yeah. And yeah. since we as injectors make so fucking much money, we have yeah. a lot of time yeah. to also to do good and to dive into uh, aesthetics uh, of uh, science. So please, yeah. please challenge us. Yeah. So, in uh, a few weeks from now, our newest article in the plastic and reconstructive surgery will be uh, published, an original article. I'm very, 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 very proud of it. And it's all about bacteria because we think that bacteria also have something to do with getting adverse events. But if you read it and you think Tom and his team is talking BS, <laughs> then also do science. And yeah. yes, I'm not getting paid for it. And yes, I do my science in my own time because I yeah. want to know and I want to do good. 
But please also do science and just yeah. not inject all the time and make money. You're going to be getting on the nerves of a lot of drug companies around the world, Tom. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm a pharmacist. I'm a clinical pharmacist. And I know what goes on with drug companies and production of medication. People think, you know, is the production of medicines a benefit to the patient or is it a benefit to the drug company? Who's to know? Who's to know? But with fillers in particular, it started off as a medical issue treating patients by dermatologists, by doctors. And in the UK in particular, um, everyone's gone crazy. Everyone's injecting everyone else in the UK. In the Netherlands, you've got um, medical uh, processes that you follow, um, referrals from practitioners to check on patients that might have filler complications. I was talking to Leonie last week about the fact that she only sees patients that are referred to her from other practitioners. She doesn't see patients self-referring themselves. But along the way, some craziness has gone on. And as you've mentioned, a lot of it is down to money, unfortunately. Um, but how did your work begin, Tom? How did you actually start off with your interest in, in dermal fillers? And how did you meet up with Leonie and Peter? So, again, I, I think we are are on this earth to help other people and I'm a very naive and romantic person so <laughs> I, I think that uh, I want to do good and yeah. I was in the lucky position that at about 10 years ago I started to work with Leonie and Peter and they taught me how to use ultrasound but they also gave me um, the enthusiasm to, to, to know and to do research and um, Leonie taught me more of the practical part of doing um, uh, science and using ultrasound. And, and Peter Veldhuis, he, he really was my mentor in, in that specific science and, 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 and diving into, okay, Tom, what you're saying is very bold, but please come up with some scientific background. And yeah. then Leonie and Peter and I, we went to dive into science and we were very, very sad to see that there wasn't that much science. And at every um, uh, Congress all around the world, doctors with very big shoe sizes, <laughs> they say all kinds of things about how good they are and what they have seen in their own practice. Mm. But it has nothing to do with science. Yeah. yeah. So then, then we thought, come on, let's dive into this. For we see in our outpatient clinic at the University Hospital in Rotterdam at about 500 adverse events a year. So right. in our yeah. humble opinion, we are the biggest um, uh, outpatient clinic in the world. Yeah. And all those patients, um, with all the respect for the patients, they bring a lot of knowledge. So we uh, start taking biopsies. And we yeah. started to do all kinds of uh, immunohistamine uh, coloring and we dive into specific bacteria and we did the, the um, uh, mucosa swaps to d dive into DNA. Yeah. And uh, in this way, um, yeah, we did a lot of inventions and uh, we, we, we've, we've done a lot of research, but still it, it's, it's just a basic layer that we touched. Yeah. Please, everybody from all around the world 
help us help cosmetic medicine to dive into it uh, uh, much uh, deeper. Do you, do you, sorry, Tosh, do you speak to other researchers around the world that do similar work to, to you? Is there many of these practitioners around? Not that much. And, and there are some very good researchers all around the world. And uh, since, um, how do I put it? I have a very big mouth. Then people, they hear about me and they contact me and they say, Tom, what F-U-C-K are you saying? And what are you doing? <laughs> and then we, we, uh, we talk and then they notice that I have a good heart and I, I just want to do good. And then they want yeah. to collaborate. And uh, it's, it's like an, uh, an oil stain. So it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so we're spreading yeah. the, the love and the knowledge uh, all around the world. Yeah, there are some scientists who are which are working for those specific filler companies. So they, of yeah. course, are very biased. But uh, all of them that I've met, there are good people who just work for a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, I use uh, dermal fillers uh, uh, all day long. So I do yeah. also do 3000 uh, uh, treatments each year. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy and I can and can give beautiful results and everybody does it in, in, in his or her way. So uh, You're an all-round cosmetic doctor. You don't just um, practice, you, you research and you practice what you preach. So you don't just start writing and let other people follow your, your advice. You actually follow your own advice and you improve your practice as a result of what you learn. Um, it's just, it's just, I think, a shame that there isn't more people like you who are determined to find an answer, irrespective of all the pressures yeah. around them. Now, thank, thank you for your kind words, uh, Viv. But like, for instance, take Tom van Eyck. Uh, Tom van Eyck, he yeah. is the one who had, has uh, patent, the, the fern pattern in injecting. Yeah. So that's, it, that, that's his baby. And with... Um, training everybody in the world to do that specific treatment he yeah. also in his way made cosmetic medicine more safe so there are yeah. a lot of good people in our practice in our line of field who just want to do good and do that in 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 in, in their way yeah it, it's strange that the three practitioners I've now spoken to either face to face or via social media they're all dutch you Leone and Tom Van Eyck, all of you. What is it about ne the Netherlands? Is it the water? No, Fifth, uh, if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that's no, that. but like, uh, how do I again put it? Yeah, there are, of course, people that don't like it, but we are very um, bold in our statements and we're very... Yeah. Um, out there but again uh, we didn't even mention for instance Jani van Lochem also a friend of mine also a scientist also got his PhD in solving the adverse events uh, of, uh, of uh, soft tissue filler treatments we've got uh, Jonathan Kadush uh, also got his PhD in solving the adverse events complications so again we have so much people in Holland who, who just want to do we want to do good and 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 dive into it. Um, yeah. uh, maybe there are a lot of doctors all around the world who are also interested, but are are not are not as bold as us in their statements. So that could also yeah. be a reason. 
Yeah. It's, it's good that you can speak openly about what you think about the whole area of, of adverse events and fillers in particular. Um, it's not just um, research. You do lots of research at Erasmus um, in at Rotterdam, but you also um, carry out training as well. Do you do training work as well, Tom? Yeah, everybody from all around the world is always welcome to come to me in Rotterdam at Erasmus University and, and, and see how I solve uh, uh, soft tissue filler adverse events. So uh, next week, somebody from Germany is uh, going to watch over my soldier sh sh shoulder. And last week, somebody from uh, Brazil was there. So everybody from all around the world is, is welcome. If you're looking to, into that specific training of ultrasound, then uh, Leonie and Peter are the people you should go to because we talk a lot about science, we talk a lot about aesthetic medicine, but if I introduce myself anywhere in the world or in a television program or somewhere else, at first I'm a husband and a father. So yeah. my wife and my, and my children are the most important uh, uh, people for me. And, and next to that, I like to be a scientist. I like to be yeah. a, a, a doctor, but I'm also an, an healthcare entrepreneur because um, out of our scientific research of the uh, genetic predisposition, we did the invention of a DNA test that can predict if you're going to have a soft tissue filler adverse event. And yeah. it's not that black and white, but it can help you to make an, um, uh, a choice be before yeah. treating a, a patient. We, we, we're going to collaborate with Wigmore, a big player in the, yeah. you know them? Yeah, yeah. We, just, we just had several meetings and uh, in the November of this year, the 18th, 19th and 20, 20 yeah, of November, I again will be in London and I will yeah. be talking at the CMAC Congress. Do you happen to know it? Yes, I'm a member of CMAC Complications Collaborative. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, we see each other there and we can I will heaps and heaps of beer. Yes. I will <laughs> I'll try and get there just to see yourself and Leonie, Tom. That's what I'll yeah, try and do. Nice. That would be nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, lots of lots of research work, lots of practice, lots of training. Um, the, your thesis, your PhD thesis, um, was it the origin of soft tissue filler adverse events? Was that the actual thesis title? Yeah, it was. And uh, so my professor, he was always Tom, not Tom again, with his big mouth and big plans. Oh. But <laughs> I've got a summary of it there, Tom. Yeah, it's nice. And it, it wasn't. Uh, and he, he, every time I did not disappoint uh, him. And then I came up with a very bold uh, title, The Origin of Soft Tissue Filler Adverse Events. Uh, yeah. Past, <laughs> future and, uh, and present. And, and, and he, 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 he went along with it. So <laughs> I, I, I liked the title a lot, but I was very surprised that he let me take it. But uh, yeah, again, um, very bold statement, but I truly yeah. think that this is uh, a, a fundament for future research. And it's also yeah. a fundament for in the future, everybody in the world if you're doing uh, soft tissue filler uh, um, treatments, I think you should uh, dive into our research and, yeah. and, and it, it could help you become a better doctor and it could help you get less adverse events. And in the end, that's what everybody wants. Eh? For uh, I got uh, um, an adverse event myself uh, two uh, months ago and that's normal. 
You're, yeah. All of us is going to get an adverse event. If you inject a lot, you yeah. could get an adverse event because you're doing, although it's minimal, but it's an yeah. invasive treatment. And yeah. I even had my fourth vascular adverse event half a year ago. So I've been doing this for at about 14 years now. And yeah. I've got my fourth vascular adverse event. And yes, yeah. it also happens to me. And yes, it's very normal <laughs> that it happened to me. And yes, I hope you haven't uh, undergone it, uh, had it yeah. yet, fifth. But it will happen to you yeah. if you keep injecting. It's, it's, it's not the fact that you get a problem. It's what you do about it that's more important, I think. But practitioners perhaps feel a little bit worried about it happening but it's more a case of being trained to deal with it properly identify the problem for a start use the correct equipment the tools you're learning your skills to find a solution to the problem quickly and effectively that's what i think that's how you you should be trained as a healthcare practitioner identify the problem and deal with it problems happen to everybody you can't control whether a problem is going to happen in future and as your research shows adverse events are is a big area of work for anyone who deals with dermal filler injections and cosmetic non-surgical non cosmetics is just increasing around the world so it's important for practitioners, I think, to look at the work you're doing and to make use of it for their own benefit. Yeah, not true that. Yeah, a few things. So if an adverse event happened, then you as a doctor uh, are not a a capable of sleeping that well. So yeah. you have a very bad time as long yeah. as the problem is there. But of course, the patient is going through hell because yeah. she or he wanted to look better. The opposite happened. So what the, the hell the patient goes through and the hell you go through as a doctor, you both yeah. don't want it. So yeah. in some way, you're able to, to, to uh, lower that chance. Yeah. Of course, everybody uh, wants to do that. So... I think it's very important not to specifically, yeah, maybe, yes, read my thesis, but take those things out, becoming a, a, a better doctor. Yeah. Going yeah. back to vascular adverse events, and again, the recognizing part is very important. Yeah. For, yeah. for like, uh, for instance, if somebody has a, a vascular adverse events, they go to the uh, the um, uh, the emergency room at the hospital, and many doctors are not able of recognizing yeah. a vascular adverse event. So that's yeah. also the reason why I'm training all kinds of doctors in the Netherlands yeah. and all around the world in recognizing. For recognizing is is is, is phase one. Yeah. You, you'll find it interesting at CMAC in November because um, I think last year or the year before they did some research work at some of the hospitals in London, I think it may have been Kings Cross, and they interviewed the uh, doctors who work in the emergency room to find out uh, how well they're trained, if at all, to detect vascular occlusion following dermal filler treatment of the face, and it was it was quite scary because very few of them um, knew what to do and knew how to recognize it. Yeah. Um, only the doctors who did treatments themselves, aesthetic treatments, were really in any position to identify the problem. 
But fifth, again, I'm a very naive and romantic person. (laughs) So if you turn this around, the questions were asked. It wasn't a point on the agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It, it needs it needs work more and more questions to be asked and to again, find out more information yeah and again like every other uh, medical specialty has been there for like decades or even yeah. hundreds of years and uh, aesthetic uh, slash cosmetic medicine what, what you and i are doing only has been there for like maybe two three decades yeah so looking where we came from the last couple of years went very well in getting awareness so like for instance uh like 10 years ago when we were speaking of complications of her adverse events it was was somewhere at the back at at imcas or uh uh, um, amcw which is in monaco and now step by step we're yeah. getting that 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 biggest uh, stand, or we're getting yeah. um, the, the 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 biggest room to 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 yeah. talk about adverse events. So, step by step, step by step. You know, you, it's really nice to talk to you, somebody who's really passionate about his work. And um, I thought, really, I'll, I'll go through your, your research, your thesis, looking at um, the origin of soft tissue filler adverse events. Part of that. Um, one of the aims of that was to look at how the um, how your work could be used to diagnose and treat ad- adverse events. I think that was one of the things. And you mentioned ultrasound in in, in, in a lot of that work. So I'll pop this up here. Uh, number five was methods of diagnosis and treatment of these adverse events. And you specifically mentioned ultrasound imaging as a very effective new way for most practitioners to be able to identify and treat these adverse events, whatever they may be. You've got basic adverse events, you've got more complex ones. Um, but it was important for, that was important to me because I'm talking about ultrasound in particular and how ultrasound imaging in aesthetics can help not just the practitioner help those go to sleep more easily on a night yeah. but also make life for the patient far more comfortable following a problem and also to minimize the risk of it happening in the first place yeah. the whole issue of ultrasound for me is not just um treating a problem but to minimize it happening in the first place yeah. and in your work in your polyclinic work do you think if practitioners had used ultrasound before treatment was carried out, do you think it may have reduced the the frequency of these problems? Yeah, a few taglines. So first, you can remember it, and and he's quite nice. So ultrasound will be the stethoscope of cosmetic medicine in the future. So in decades from now, if we look back, we say, why the FUCK? Nobody thought of this before, but that's always with brilliant things like with, with Peter and Le- Leonie, what they invented and, and came up with. It, it's so easy. It's so incredibly easy. So I even learned how to use ultrasound. <laughs> so before you treat with anatomical knowledge you can see the different layers you can even see bigger vessels and arteries and then you inject and you can check if you laid it in the proper layer or in the 
proper area where you wanted it to treat. But I see ultrasound for the general uh, cosmetic injector as an add-on. Yeah. So yeah. if you have been properly trained, you lose the proper products and you have common or very good facial anatomical knowledge, then the ultrasound could be an add-on to yeah. become an even better doctor and get lesser adverse events. But still, yeah. again, I also get adverse events. I even get vascular adverse events. So yeah. um, there are a lot of doctors, again, with very big shoes who say that ultrasound is BS, but even the guys most of the time guys with the biggest shoes they now even say it might me it might come in handy and uh, we might use it so in time it truly will be the stethoscope of cosmetic medicine i, I truly think it, it it will yeah great it's part of your research work part of the um, thesis the origin of the soft tissue fuller adverse fence you look at ultrasound and you uh, look at the application of ultrasound in your work. I've put this up just so people yeah. can see. All of this information I'm putting up is in your research work, which is available for anyone to look at. You mention how it can be used for detecting uh, anatomy, uh, vascular mapping. You can prevent problems if you can look at an individual's anatomy more carefully before you touch them with a needle. Um, you can look at previous fillers. You can see how that may have an effect on treatments you carry out. You also look at a problem once it's happened. What can you do about it? How do you detect it? How do you treat it? All these things I thought would be, um, I could help to show people how this is relevant to their practice by showing some examples of scans that a few of my colleagues have carried out. So what I'll do, Tom, if it's okay with you, I'll pop up a few scans and you can comment on them if you like. Some of them are Leonis because only she can carry out some of these scans. I don't know anyone else in the world capable yeah. of doing it. No, but that, those are some very uh, important disclaimers, my friend. So uh, first, again, another tagline. So yeah. I, I think that first we were blind and now we can see. So before ultrasound, we were blind and now we can see. Black and whitish, but yes. Then again, Leonie is the queen of ultrasound so yeah. if she looks with ultrasound sometimes even peter and i look over her shoulder and, <laughs> and we think really leonie are you seeing this so it, it's, it's very hard so i would yeah. say for everybody who is thinking about uh, going to use ultrasound start with the basic layers and seeing yeah. uh, on the one hand what's bone what are what's yeah. what's muscle uh, where are the big arteries so yeah. don't push yourself and don't think that if you use ultrasound that you won't have adverse events uh, um, no again. no as you say it's a tool to help you work more carefully it's not a solution it's, it's a not an answer yeah as long as people understand it's there to improve their practice and make things easy, it's not going to solve a problem from happening in the first place, but it's there to help you should you need it. Um, so what I've got, Tom, based on, again, your work, preventing adverse effects and improving efficacy, I've got a couple of scans here. The first one is an infraorbital scan carried out by 
Carolina Mary Lewis infraorbital scan that she carried out just to look at um, blood flow, you know, around the foramen, um, just below the eye. So this is one of her ultrasound scans that she's carried out. I've um, carried out some CGI work on it. You'll see just in a second, but it's really to show anatomy. I've then used some CGI augmentation so you can see the whole work more easily. You can see the different tissue layers. You can see where the blood flow is. You can see the relevance of the tissue layers and how that may affect injecting certain parts of that anatomy. Um, so this is just one example just to show how adverse events, events could be minimized and how to improve efficacy as well. Um, what, what, what is very important of the, this uh, short movie that you showed yeah. is always also make sure that you use the Doppler to, to, to see where yeah. the arteries are. For sometimes, uh, depending on how you hold the probe, you would yeah. think that you see uh, something blackish, what could be an, uh, an HA filler. But if you move the probe and you put on the duplex, you can see that it was an artery. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is very important. So when you look at a specific area in the face, always make sure that you also have a look at, uh, at the same area, but, but then with the Doppler, yes. Do you, do you deal with many problems, uh, periorbital, um, infraorbital issues at the clinic? Infraorbital doesn't happen that much. It's, it's a right. big buzz and everybody would like, like to talk about it. And I think there are one, is one or two persons in the world that ever really uh, intraorbital injected something. But in general, uh, periorbital is the area where the HA filler contracts the most uh, water. So yeah. I see heaps and heaps of uh, malar edema um, post uh, HA filler in the trier trough. And yeah. that always um, makes me say in interviews like this, this is a very, very premium, high-level treatment. And yeah. you as a doctor should be very hesitant to do that treatment. And I know the best doctors in the world that even stopped doing HA filler in the tear trough. So that's one. And two, you as a patient should also really uh, do your homework before you even let a doctor inject um, HA filler in the tear trough. Because... Yeah. If it's injected in the wrong layer or in the wrong amount or with the wrong product, then uh, you could get malar edema because the lymph drainage system is, is hurt in such a way that it's, it's harder for the uh, lymph node uh, fluid uh, to go away. But the malar edema, even when I take away the HA filler with ironides, the malar edema sometimes stays there. Right. So yeah. uh, we, something that is very easy is that in your um, anamnesis, before you do the treatment, you should always ask a patient if they also um, at first already have some major edema or that yeah. in Thailand or in a sauna, it, it, yeah. it, they swell up before. Because if they do, you shouldn't even touch that area. So. Yeah. Tom, do you see a lot of uh, adverse events from the perioreal area? Yes, Viv, I do. <laughs> good. Well, not good, but I mean, good for telling me about no, that. No. Here's another scan. This is nasal scan carried out by Dr. Zainab Al-Mukhtar. Now, she's carried out, um, say, uh, 
longitudinal scan showing blood flow um, in certain layers of the, the nose. And again, I'll see, I've carried out CGI augmentation on this just so you can see it more easily. It'll be one second. Blood flow, different layers of the nose. Um, again, ultrasound can help, I think, to improve uh, safety with uh, nasal injection. This is the um, yep. CGI version. You can yep. see the layers more easily using the CGI that I use. Yep. And it's really just to make it a little more easy to show yeah. what you're looking at. For a new person in particular, you probably yeah. think they've, I don't need this, but I think even Leonie appreciates the fact that you can see no. things a lot more easily. No, but my dear friend, I, 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 uh, every time I do a, a, a nose treatment with, uh, a, with, uh, with fillers, I use ultrasound and like the perioral area, nose yeah. treatments is again a premium, very high level, so if you have been doing HA filler treatments from some years now, don't even touch that area and don't do it. And yeah. again, I, I don't know if I mentioned it already, but if you are in doubt, oh, this is my, my third very nice tagline. If you are in doubt, don't. Yeah. If yeah. you are in doubt, don't. So if you are in doubt or am I good enough? Do I have enough knowledge to do this treatment? Don't do the treatment. Because yeah. if you do the treatment and things go wrong, then you uh, mentally and the patient, both mentally and physically, could be harmed for life. Because yeah. again, in the nose area, uh, adverse events and specifically vascular adverse events could, could, be, could be very uh, devastating. Leonie's just mentioned she loves the work I do on her scans, Tom. <laughs> I, thought I'd mention, I thought I'd mention that. Do you, have you seen severe problems, complications, um, blindness coming to the clinic or, or at the point of losing vision? Has that ever happened? Yeah, in Holland, we had one case, one eye, uh, I think seven years ago, but there was a big uh, doctor's delay because right. of the the shame of uh, yeah. having such a case, and also the the, the doctor was not able to um, to contact us in time, so the patient yeah. went to the uh, to the emergency room, and there they didn't also know what to do. So um, yeah. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. In, in your research, you mention um, there's figures for how long it takes for you to see a patient with a complication, with an adverse event. And I'm amazed how quickly, generally, you manage to see these patients following um, a transfer from another practitioner. Yeah, yeah, but the, the, the Holland is like the, the, the smallest, well-organized country in the world. Yeah. And although a lot of people uh, think I'm a big uh, show-off and uh, <laughs> on, te on uh, the Dutch television all the time, people know us. So yeah, yeah. everybody, every doctor has Leonie, or either me or Leonie or one of our colleagues on speed dial. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> we, 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 no, we, you, you do some great work, I've got to say. It's fantastic being able to talk to you. Thank um, you. This next example is a, is a guided filler injection carried out by Stella Desiatnikova. It took me longer to work out how to say her surname than it did to augment these images there, uh, Tom. 
So I'll show you this one. This is, uh, oops, sorry. That's another one of Zainab's. I'll get rid of that for now. So this is a scan of a temple uh, filler treatment carried out by Stella. And this is guided injection. Now, it's a bit tricky to see. There's a needle moving into the... Um, into one particular layer, and she's injecting dermal filler um, within a layer of tissue. They're quite uh, superficial. Not, yeah, yeah. It's in a certain region in the temple area. I'll show you in the CGI. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. There we go. So you've got different layers of tissue. She's injecting the red area with that's filler, and it's yeah. between the deep temporal and the superficial temporal region. Yeah, I, I I would say that in this ultrasound, one could say that this patient um, previously was already injected in this area. Yeah, yeah. I think she it may have been because there was, I think, some filler previously in there. She's just added yeah. further filler following a, this yeah. treatment. Um, with, with filler treatments, again, do you see particular adverse events in relation to temple filler treatments, Tom? Come again? Uh, adverse events. Do you see any particular adverse events related to temple temple filler treatment? Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a, uh, there was a very interesting case in which a specific doctor was uh, capable of um, uh, giving a, a vascular adverse event to a specific um, to to di two different patients, but in two months' time, and they both got. Uh, 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 hair loss also in that uh, in right. that area, yeah. And and again, you're mentioning all those specific treatments, which are. I did my first temple uh, uh, like four years ago. After yeah. I've been injecting ten years. Yeah. <laughs> so again, to everybody all around the world, be very hesitant in doing that premium high level treatments. Yeah. And start yeah. with the more superficial and, and more simple uh, treatments, please. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, next few uh, scans, these both Leonis, these both Leonis scans. This is assessing and treating adverse events. So the first one is a, a delayed onset nodule um, above the jawline within the SOOF. So I'll just get this up. This is her original scan. And this is, this is assessment of uh, a nodule, um, as I say, above the jawline within SOOF. Now, I CGI'd it. I carried out some CGI work on it. So you can see the layers a little more easily. She found a nodule uh, within the SOOF, and it was causing problems for the patient. Um, it just brings out the importance of injecting in the right plane of tissue, I think. And yeah, a, lot, a lot of the adverse events you'll be seeing when you're scanning, I assume, yeah. You can, a lot of these are injector-related problems that could have been minimized if it had been yeah. injected properly in the first place. Yeah, that's true. I, I also recognize this being a Leonie uh, ultrasound scan because of the tremor in her hand because of her right. age. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to be happy with you tomorrow. I don't care. <laughs> it's very important that we, that we smile a lot. Yeah. yeah and and seriously yeah but again this is also you're 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 going from talking about ultrasound to very um 
yeah, big conclusions that we were capable of um, uh, concluding after like 15, 20 years of hard ultrasound work. Yes. So we recently came up, or most of the time Leonie did, came up <laughs> with some hypothesis about why the um, adverse events occur. And, and most of the time adverse events occur, uh, occur because of uh, doctors not knowing where they're injecting. And that can yeah. has something to do with uh, experience, um, the product that they choose, needle versus uh, cannula there, there are many reasons but yes it's true we think that a lot of uh, adverse events are there because of uh, doctor related um, uh, injecting methods yeah yeah great last one tom um this one again, is again one of your knees and oh, it's no, uh... <laughs> She, she, I'm sure you enjoy looking at her scans. This one is related to um, filler below the angular vein uh, following a tear trough treatment. Yeah. So let me get this up. This is one of her scans, and I showed this last week, actually, but I thought I'll show it again because it's such a nice scan. She detects filler under the angular vein, and she uses hyalase, hyaluronidase, to dissolve it, uh, guided, which she's doing there. Yeah, and amazing. Yeah. She was talking about the fact that a lot of issues are Tyndall effect problems under the eye. It's to do with the vein being pushed upwards. Yeah. And you can see there, the, there it is. She's dissolving the filler and the vein uh, dropping back down to its normal level. Yeah. A, a few things which are very important. So she's using a lot of gel. You could see yeah. in the, in the, that's very important that do... Uh, uh, yeah, use a very large amount of gel so that's easier and then you don't compress the arteries and the veins. Yeah. And something that is very important that most of the time, uh, Leonie and Peter and I, we are cheating because we are using very big, high frequency um, yeah. ultrasound machines which give, yeah. which give amazing movies and, and pictures that the common doctor who's using yeah. like the Philips Lumify which yeah. has like 10 megahertz something then yeah it, it, it's you cannot compare it but it's just that you and Leonie and Peter make this look so easy. Yeah. You know, the work you do, it's, it takes a lot of skill, knowledge and experience yeah. to do yeah. what you do. Yeah. But you make it look so easy and people have to remember it yeah. isn't as easy as you make out. No, thank you very much, my friend. But we came also uh, a long way. So being here yeah. is just just putting a lot of effort in it and 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 if you're um just starting to use ultrasound then in every new patient that you see take your time and just yeah. look with ultrasound and if you then yeah things that are very easy but so beautiful if you see it happen that you look first with ultrasound then you inject and, and then you look again with ultrasound and then yeah. you can see yes it was not curious <laughs> It it's exactly just that, right. do, do you think certain types of research in the future could potentially look at efficacy? How effective has a treatment been using ultrasound guidance and follow-on uh, assessment oh. using ultrasound to check position of filler? Yeah. Compare that with treatment that didn't involve ultrasound at all, no pre-vascular mapping, no um, guided injection, no post-treatment scanning. 
do you think research comparing one to the other yeah. would be useful in future? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we are in a lucky position that we have a new uh, PhD student, um, uh, a cosmetic doctor who also has like 15 years of experience. So she's uh, um, very much know, very not much knows what she's doing. And she is diving in these uh, specific questions. So yes, yes, yeah. Amazing. Finally, to wrap up, we've been talking for about 50 minutes, Tom, and it, no it doesn't seem that long. No way. Honestly, 50 it's odd minutes we've been talking. I could talk to you all night. I honestly could. I hear that a lot. <laughs> but, I hear that a lot, to, but not only in the pub, eh? Fifth? Yeah, I, I, we'll talk all night in the pub in November when I see you in November, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but to, fi to finalise, to, to bring this uh, discussion to an end, we've talked about the past, the present. What about the future? Yeah. Um, in terms of ultrasound scanning in aesthetics, what would you like to see? And what in an ideal world for you would be um, the relation to ultrasound and aesthetic work? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that an ultrasound, um, um, ooh, how do I put it mildly? So if everybody is going to use ultrasound uh, pre and after, um, that's um, a way of using ultrasound. But to make cosmetic medicine more safe, um, I would look at general training of doctors, rules and regulations, but far and foremost, two important things in the Netherlands and most European countries, they're at about 150 soft tissue filler grants. And yeah. I would like to see, and also in the next few months, an article of ours will be published um, in which I uh, elaborate some more about those 150 brands that since soft tissue fillers are now like medical devices, we should more head towards like medicine, like botulinum toxin is. There are like four or five brands of botulinum toxin, um, which uh, gives more like rules and regulations. So that's one thing. And the second thing is we and uh, another team of mine, we're putting a lot of time in creating awareness in society. So young adults, children women mostly between 18 and 25 but maybe even younger at all kinds of i don't know how it's called preliminary schools blah de, blah yeah. yeah go there if we should go there and explain them about botox and fillers and it's not yeah. a game it's yeah. not a sandwich that you can get just around the corner and both doctors and patients sometimes treat it like it's getting a sandwich just around the corner. And it isn't. Yeah. It's a medical treatment and it, 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 it's minimal, but it's invasive. So that, it's, those are my two things for the future. Great. No, it's, it's, it's been fantastic talking to you, Tom. It's really been enjoyable. Um, is there anything you'd like to say that we haven't talked about already? Is there anything you'd like to say to anyone who might be thinking about uh, ultrasound or who might be t looking at your work and thinking, well, what relevance is that to me and my injecting? You've talked for an yeah. hour, but I'm going to still carry on injecting without ultrasound. I'm still going to get complications. I can't control them. That's what a lot of people might yeah. think. What have you got to say to those people? 
Yeah, that's that's a way of doing uh, of of being a doctor. But I think it's very important that since cosmetic medicine has not been there for uh, for um, for such a long period of time, that you also have to go and look at new developments in your line of field. So maybe um, ultrasound is not your thing then dive into our DNA test that we developed to uh, be able to um, to predict if you're going to have an adverse event of a complication of an adverse event of a soft tissue filler treatment or dive into our article about uh, bacteria when you inject. So um, clean better before you treat. It's so unbelievably easy, but um, we also write that in our article, I know that bacteria are um, injected during the initial treatment and are still there surrounding the uh, the filler. So yeah. yeah, there are so many things you can do to become a better doctor, get less adverse events and sleep better uh, for you and for your patient. But, but the when... problem is you gave me so much time. Alre I already said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> You could you could talk about anything. It'd be it'll be fascinating to listen to Tom. To be honest with you, that's what I think. No, yeah. In in, in an hour, I'm, I'm going to talk with uh, the Arsenal CEO about uh, football. So uh, yeah. Well, really? <laughs> I can that's... I can I can talk about every subject. It was when I was talking to Leone about your your interest, and she mentioned football. She actually said to me, "Viv, it's Ajax." And that's why I initially produced an Ajax uh, team shirts. One of my problems is, is that I live in Amsterdam and I support a, a club from the south of the Netherlands, but my two boys, they support Ajax. So we had a great laugh when I showed them that picture. And <laughs> laughing, again, is very important. <laughs> so it's also very good that we wrap up this um, this interview, this live <laughs> session, smiling, my friend. It's nice to be able to smile and speak to you about things like this. I'll say a really big thank you, Tom, for uh, joining me and speaking and giving all your information and advice so clearly and so effectively and so nicely. It's really nice chatting with you. Um, Next week, I've got Rosa Seacrest, who had a fantastic conversation with you a couple of weeks ago. That was really nice to watch. And she'll be joining me next week again, talking about ultrasound uh, from her point of view as a radiologist. Cool. So that's going to be interesting. Cool. Um, and Sunny, my, uh, my co-host Sunny, unfortunately, is away on holiday next week. So he'll be back in a couple of weeks. But um, I'll hope to, I hope to see you and Leonie in November in London uh, at CMAC. I hope to do that. And we'll have a drink. I'll buy you a drink with Leonie as well. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Viv. Have a great time with Rosa next week because she is amazing and she has a lot of knowledge about ultrasound. Great. Thanks very much, Tom. I've got to say thanks to everyone for watching. There's been lots of messages shooting up and I haven't even bothered looking at them, to be honest. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say thanks to everyone for watching. And this will be up on Instagram uh, to watch later on if anybody wants to. Um, thanks again, Tom. And I will hopefully catch up with you at some point, uh, hopefully by November anyway. I hope to see you in London in November. We will surely be seeing each other. And uh, see you next time, Viv. 
Everything Thanks very much, Tom. Bye. See you. Bye.